Welcome to Slight Reliability. Learning SRE one day at a time. I'm Stephen Townsend. Welcome back to Slight Reliability. It's been a couple of weeks. I went away on holiday for a couple of weeks down to the South Island of New Zealand. I was not organized enough to let you all know that I was disappearing, so apologies for that. But I'm back and here I am. Uh, highlights of the trip uh, were having a, a native New Zealand parakeet, they called a kakariki, uh, land on my head when I was feeding, feeding them, uh, and just spending time in nature, going on a boat trip. Uh, had a really good time. So today, there is a conference coming up from the 9th to the 12th of May called Ollifest, all about observability. And one of the things that they encourage are something called pre-reaction videos. So some of the content that will be in the conference is available now for people to look at and essentially provide a reaction to. And that's what I'm going to do today. So I've taken three talks pretty much completely at random. I've watched them, I've taken notes, and I will share my thoughts on what was said. The only caveat is I purposely did not uh, do a pre-reaction to talks from people that I know or that I've heard speak before. I wanted to hear new people and, and new ideas. So let's get this underway. The first talk that I looked at was called Where the Heck Are My Spans by Reese Lee. And I would summarize it as a, a deep dive into some of the common reasons why you might be missing data in your open telemetry setup. So firstly, if you don't use open telemetry, then this is not a talk that will provide you immediate useful information. I myself have not used open telemetry yet. I am definitely not qualified to talk about it for the most part. But if I, if I had to articulate, it might be interesting for you to hear, if I had to articulate what it is with the limited knowledge that I do have, I'd say that it's a universal standard for collecting and structuring monitoring metrics along with uh, software collector agents that are being implemented for a variety of platforms and technologies. You then have upstream tools which consume that data from your open telemetry. So you can visualize or act on it from there. And many monitoring tool vendors are on the journey to supporting open telemetry. I think one of the draw cards here is that if you use open telemetry agents, then you can switch in and out your monitoring tools as much as you are, your heart desires with minimal interruption, theoretically. Reese's main examples were around the configuration of open telemetry, and there were some specific examples there, um, as well as the configuration of your upstream tooling, and how to enable diagnostics logging to help you get to the bottom of any issues you're having. So if you're currently using OpenTelemetry and you are running into issues getting things up and running, then I'd say this is a must-watch session. I personally did not get a lot from the session as I don't use OpenTelemetry yet. But I will say I did get the impression that right now OpenTelemetry seems somewhat non-trivial to set up and is not yet a mature and resilient product. That's just an impression I'm getting. I'm sure that many people will disagree with me, but that's the impression I got. 
And that might be something worth considering if you're planning to implement it in your organization. So let's say, for example, you are trying to win over the leadership in your organization into expanding in or investing in observability. You might want to be careful about going straight into open telemetry because if there are issues which you might not run into with other technologies, it might hinder your case to get that investment. I don't think that going with other technologies right now will hold you back significantly in the future because, as I said, all the technologies uh, monitoring tool vendors that I know of are in the process of or already support open telemetry. So, like I said, <laughs> I know very little about it, so take what I'm saying here with a grain of salt. But that's my, my early feeling. And... Yeah, I also wanted to mention that um, Reese was an eloquent speaker uh, and it was a very polished presentation. So if you're on the open telemetry journey, give that a watch. The second talk that I watched was called Confidence in Chaos by Namatha Bala. Uh, it was another well-presented talk. If I had to summarize it, it actually felt like a brochure for modern observability and sort of general technology concepts. I was kind of craving a little bit more detail uh, in each of the points raised. Uh, some real-world examples, war stories, or, or guidance on how to implement some of these ideas. There was a, a point made at the start of the talk that organizations have moved from waterfall to agile. Now, uh, maybe unpopular opinion, uh, my, from my experience, I will say that I have not yet in my career seen an organization that delivers with agility. Um, every organization does agile. Of course, they do agile. But the lead times between the business need arising and delivering to customers still seem to be in the realm of years, if, or at least many months. So there's something missing there. We still have these big lead times. So despite doing agile, we have these big lead times, and that needs to be a consideration. Uh, are we doing all of this repetitive testing uh, and constantly testing this thing, which goes out maybe to production once every three months or, or once a month? So we're only actually getting feedback from real customers very infrequently for these changes we're making. And we're doing all this, this testing and then once out to the customers. I, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought deeply about it yet, but you cannot do, you cannot have agility unless the whole organization's on board. If you just have technology teams doing agile, then you've got slow, lots and lots of quick stuff, and then wait to go into production for weeks and months. That's not providing the outcome. That's not agility. That's just more work for no gain. Anyway, there were a couple of buzzwords in the talk. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of buzzwords. Uh, the one in particular that got me was self-healing. Great idea. What a fantastic idea. If we could have a, a system which had monitoring and it had an automated response to that monitoring when a certain event occurred to self-heal itself. Actually, when I think about it, like Kubernetes has inbuilt a lot of sort of self-healing behaviors around you know it'll automatically keep this the same number of containers um, if anything fails it'll automatically try and, and get things running again great idea 
But from my experience in the world of observability is that most organizations are struggling to track the basic health of their services and how this impacts customers, let alone these more advanced concepts. So when we talk about these really advanced concepts, I guess my challenge to anyone else out there who's talking about them is to really get into the detail about how we can overcome all the challenges to make this work in the real world where things are messy and challenging and the, the data is all messed up and and there's bureaucracy and there's culture things to work through. Yeah, it's not as easy as just doing these amazing things. Another concept that was discussed uh, was golden signal testing. So doing testing around traffic, latency errors and saturation. Uh, now, I don't think this is anything new. I think good performance testing for, for going back you know, decades has tracked exactly those four things. That is what performance testing is supposed to capture. Unfortunately, the a lot of the performance testing that I'm seeing out there is kind of checkbox activity, just going through the motions, not really thinking about it. Uh, but that's a, that's a topic for another day. Uh, I guess at the end of the talk, what I was missing was how has the world of observability changed the role and the work of testing or testers? I think that yes, we still need to test. And yes, we automate much of our testing now. So we do less hands-on manual testing. Of course, we need exploratory testing. So we build more automation. So I'm guessing testers spend more of their time building automation, like building assets. And do we... Uh, is, the, is the point here that we supplement that with testers looking at monitoring and observability and logging and tracing to supplement that to get a better sense of how things are going? I guess that wasn't clear to me. Uh, one thought I did have, which wasn't in the talk, is that if we deploy very frequently, very small changes and we utilize a modern deployment technique like canarying, then we can do it a lot more in production, which takes away the need to do so much testing. So automated tests, I think, they're not simple. Each one takes time. It takes skill to do good automated tests. They need to be maintained. They can sprawl for very large enterprises with complex services and systems. If we can get more out of production, that's great. Real customers are so much better than having to build and maintain these test assets, which might not even reflect what real customers do anyway. So that was something else that the talk got me thinking about. But yeah, it was a, it was another well-presented polished talk. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to see a little bit more detail into some of these ideas. The third talk that I looked at was called Is MTTR Still Relevant in a Modern Cloud-Native World? Uh, by Martin Mao. So MTTR, uh, it comes from defense back in the 60s. Uh, it was being taken into the software world. It's this metric everyone talks about and uses to measure reliability or effectiveness. His first point was around what does the R mean? Is it repair? Is it recover? Is it respond? Is it resolve? There's a, a lack of clarity because these words mean different things. Uh, the other criticism he mentioned was that we use mean or the average, which has drawbacks. And I'm glad to see him mention that because 
I've been criticizing the use of averages and actually percentiles uh, for, for many years and we don't use enough analysis of, of raw data, which he didn't mention, but that's something I thought of. And I'll mention a little bit more about that in a second. So his point really was that we use the mean, mean time to, let's say, repair, uh, and that smooths out outliers. Uh, and so we're not seeing these really bad times to recovery that are occurring. But it also, from my experience, drags up what, uh, based on outliers, it'll drag up what that average is or the mean is. So it might seem like everything is constantly quite slow, but actually there was just one really, really, really slow recovery or repair. The other thing is that repair, MTTR, when we talk about repair, it has a focus on underlying technology as opposed to customer. And I totally agree with that. I think that we should be tracking reliability by tracking how our customers are going or say, are we meeting SLOs? How are they changing? Or SLAs? That should be our focus, not is the technology working? I think the main point from this whole talk is that we can't just take these ideas, these metrics from the industry and just apply them to our organization thoughtlessly. We have to stop and think about our unique context and our organization, our teams, our technologies. What are the questions that we want our observability to answer? And what indicators make the most sense to answer those questions? And there's no shortcut to do that. One of the points that uh, he made is that he thinks we should be looking at the, the time to remediate. So not to go in and actually fix the issue, but let's say we, we make a deployment and it has a negative impact on the customer and we just immediately roll back, you know. So what's the time till we roll back? Because at that point, we have taken away our customer's pain. That should be what we care about. And I really like that. That's a customer focus. We don't see enough of it. I like that. And then because we roll back, then we can take time as engineers to properly go and investigate and resolve whatever the issue, the underlying issue was. So that I like that. And he proposed a new metric, which is the worst time to remediate. Because he thinks the, the mean is bad. We think we should focus on those, those high outliers. I'm not so sure about that. I think that let's say we took the 99th percentile to look at the the um, the 99th percentile of how long it took to remediate issues and just to look at those really poor outliers. I think that that tells a particular story, but it also hides what's genuinely going on as well. And this is where I think raw data can have some value here. Maybe, just maybe, we can't just have one metric to tell us everything. Because that's unfortunately the case. This is more complex than that. Why not have a chart, a scatter plot, which shows you all of your uh, incidents and how long it took to remediate them? So you've got a scatter of everything that's going on to give you the full picture, nothing hidden. There's still a place for aggregated metrics. Of course there are. Averages and percentiles, they'll be part of our life. But why not have raw data for this? I think that provides, a, in a lot of cases, a very clear picture. And you'll see those outliers popping up. And then you'll see what generally happens most of the time as well. And you'll see changes. So uh, at a certain time of day, were all of the points that are higher because it takes longer to repair at a certain time of day. You know, patterns like that. So yeah, I really like the focus on customer that he had. 
uh, I'd say there's a there's a place for raw data and scatters and all of this. Uh, and another thing that got me thinking about is the importance of being able to quickly and reliably roll back deployments if there's an issue. So yeah, first of all, you need to be able to have the right observability in a place to see that there's an issue with the customers, but then being able to roll back is so powerful. If you can't roll back, if you cannot roll back, uh, then that's a, a real handbrake on agility because there's so much more fear about making changes to production. Because if you put a thing in production and it breaks everything, there's no going back. Or it's going to be uh, you know, a really long time before you can remediate the problem. So those are the three talks that I, I, I looked at so far. The OliFest talk is uh, a conference is coming up very soon in a week's time. In fact, I may do another episode later in the week if I have time and cover another three talks. Because I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving just hearing more about observability, hearing different ideas, hearing different opinions. And, um, and I have to say I've enjoyed uh, responding or reacting to them as well. And I hope it's been of some value to you. So I will either see you later in the week or next week on Slight Reliability. And thanks again for tuning in.